You're listening to a sermon from Darabin Presbyterian Church. Visit us online for more resources or to get in touch. Hi, DPC. Today's reading is from the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verses 8 to 16. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they'd been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had the opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Well, hello and welcome back to my garage studio. I didn't think I'd be recording a sermon from here again, but here we are. Uh, As we come to think about this topic, we are pilgrims. Let's pray and ask God to be with us. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would speak to us today through your word, that you remind us of who we are and what it means to live as your people in this world. Amen. In 2015, my brother Kent took a hiking holiday along the Camino de Santiago. It's a trail in Spain and its name literally means the Way of St. James. It ends at the Cathedral of Santiago de Compostela. And sorry for my pronunciation there. And legend has it that the bones of the Apostle James, that's the brother of John, can be found there at the cathedral. In the Middle Ages, Christians would undergo a pilgrimage to this sacred site. And it was believed that the journey would earn favour with God. The way of the pilgrim was one of faith and hope. The journey could take months and so they'd rely on God and others for help. Poor health was common and so little hospitals popped up in the villages along the way. These places offered rest and food and clothing. There were also robbers and other dangers. So many pilgrims finished their journeys all but destitute. It was considered to be a deeply spiritual pilgrimage that taught Christians about the need to press on in faith each day and to let the hope of their destination draw them onwards. Today, the Camino is less of a Christian pilgrimage and more of a tourist destination. However, much of the pilgrim mindset continues. The journey takes a long time and so they have to persevere. Travellers help each other out and rely on the little villages found along the trail for food and shelter. One thing that I observed from Kent's photos and messages that he sent back to us in Australia was that the journey was just as important as the destination. Even though my brother is not a Christian, 
it was a significant experience for him. Arriving at Santiago de Compostela would not have been anywhere as special if he'd just driven there. Well, brothers and sisters, as Christians, we are on our own Camino. We travel on the way of Christ, the path laid out for us by Jesus as we journey to our heavenly destination. We are pilgrims who press on each day in faith that we will reach the end. We press on in hope that the destination is worth it. And like the pilgrims of the Middle Ages, we face hardships and dangers. This is what makes it spiritually valuable. These are the positive perils of the pilgrim path, and there are no shortcuts. Now, unlike the Camino pilgrims in Spain, the way of Christ is not a physical Camino. We don't actually move geographically, and so we can't use Google Maps as our guide. Rather, it's a spiritual Camino, and we use the Bible as our guide, with the help of the Holy Spirit and other believers. Today, I want to open up the book of Hebrews with you, especially chapter 11 and verses 13 to 16. It's my prayer that you'll come to see yourself as a pilgrim and understand what that means for your daily life. So to get us started, let's think about our first idea. We are pilgrims who don't belong to this world. We're in the midst of our sermon series called A Place to Belong, and we've been challenged to view our church the way God views it. We are saints and beloved children that God has called to himself. We have a place to belong as God's people. But belonging to this place means we don't belong to the world. We're just passing through. This is a key theme that's also found in the book of Hebrews. The author draws upon the desert wanderings of the people of Israel to illustrate it. As we'll remember from our recent Exodus sermon series, the people were rescued out of Egypt and were given the promise of entering into a new land that would be their very own. But there was an extended time in the wilderness because, uh, sorry, there was an extended time in the wilderness before the promise was realized. It was a time of trial and spiritual refinement. The author of Hebrews uses this as a way to understand the Christian life. And we are presently in a wilderness of sorts, facing trials and temptations. We have the promises of God, but sometimes they just seem really distant or just even impossible. Therefore, God calls us to engage in a pilgrimage of faith and hope. The author holds out the hope of a true promised land and perfect rest in that place. In chapter 11, he points us to the example of God's faithful people in the Old Testament who live by faith and not by sight. Uh, If you've got a Bible handy, you might want to open up to Hebrews 11, and I'll read out verses 1 and 2. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for, and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. And we can scan down through the the list of Bible heroes until we get to Abraham in verses 8 and 9, and then we read this. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land, like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. Most of us will know the events recounted in Genesis, where God appeared to Abraham and promised to give him the land of Canaan. It wasn't until centuries later that his descendants, the nation of Israel, took possession of that land. 
So that means Abraham and his family lived as strangers in the land. They didn't really fit in. This was a little bit like my experience as a kid growing up in a little town in regional Victoria. My family moved from Melbourne to Pomonal when I was six. And I found myself attending a school with farm kids and kids from families who'd been there for generations. I was a strange city kid who was not very sporty, who was chubby compared to the skinny bush kids. I had a seemingly unnatural interest in reading books and I didn't really understand the way of country folk. I was teased a lot and was often reminded that I wasn't one of them. Now, don't get me wrong, I, I love growing up in the country. I wouldn't, wouldn't change that. But at the same time, I never really felt that I fit in. I lived in that town for 11 years before I moved away. And even after that long, I don't think people really viewed me as a local. Abraham attempted to make his home in the land of Canaan. But it never really felt like home. He was still a stranger and felt that he belonged somewhere else. That's the point our author focuses in on for verses 13 to 16, which you'll see in our welcome card. It's our key passage for today. Let's have a look at verse 13. All these people were living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. The whole theme of this chapter is that God's people look forward in faith, knowing that there was something better. That's because they realised the earth was not their ultimate home. In fact, that word strangers could give the impression that they simply never took the time to meet the neighbours, and so they were strange and unknown. But a better translation of the word would be pilgrims. What made them strangers was that they belonged somewhere else. Today, this world is like a wilderness for God's people since we're simply passing through. We do not belong here. And that's why we need the pilgrim mindset of faith and hope. There will be tensions and conflict in this life because we don't fit in. Maybe people will tease us. Maybe they'll exclude us. People will mock and sneer because we have values that are different to theirs. We view money and jobs and possessions differently. Our approach to family and relationships will offend some people. We'll have goals that seem odd or even insulting. Yeah, we'll prioritise church and so we won't always be able to make it to the big family gatherings. We'll be willing to give money away and not just save it all up as an inheritance for our kids. We'll be willing to give up a successful career so we can do full-time ministry or maybe just work a day less a week so we can volunteer for the church. We will seem out of step with others. That's even on the wrong side of history. And so this can lead to real temptations for us. Like the Israelites in the wilderness, we may find ourselves grumbling against God when we feel that he's not looking after us. We may be tempted to quit our journey and just settle down into this world, going along with the false worship and corrupt values of others. We may just want to fit in with those around us and so we you know, downplay our Christian convictions, those things that make us distinctive. Brothers and sisters, it's so easy to become discouraged or hard of heart. I must confess that during my time in the country, I often viewed others with bitterness or disdain. Rather than learn from my experience and show compassion to others so that I wouldn't treat them the way I was treated, no, 
I hardened my heart towards certain people and I was just as cruel to them as they were to me. Our danger as foreigners and pilgrims in this world is that we harden our hearts against God. So what can we do when our pilgrimage is hard? What can we do when we feel the pain of not really belonging here? Well, we can remember the way of the pilgrim. Those past Christians who journeyed to Santiago de Compostela fixed their hopes on getting to the cathedral. Likewise, we can feed our faith and enlarge our hope by gaining a clear understanding of our destination. So let's turn to our next key idea. We are pilgrims who belong to a future place. Hebrews 11 verses, uh, verse 13 says that Abraham's family only saw the things promised from a distance. The author doesn't mean a distance measured in metres, but a distance measured in time. They looked to the future, to a future world where all of God's promises would come true in their fullest and most perfect form. And this is true for all believers. So after describing a whole list of other faithful people from the Old Testament, we then read this in verses 39 and 40 of Hebrews 11. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised, since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. See, we are all looking forward in faith to something better. And this is why our life now is a pilgrimage. There's no permanent place of rest for us here. And so even if we are currently settled in our houses, or even locked in in our houses, each day is a journey towards the future. You know, even during lockdown number six, we're on a daily spiritual pilgrimage to our future home. So what's so special about this place? We'll have a look at verses 14 to 16. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they'd been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he's prepared a city for them. We learn from this that our destination is a heavenly homeland. It's heavenly, which is the first thing we're going to think about, the first aspect. The author says that this place is heavenly because it's a better country. You know, it's still a country, still a place to live. It's just a better one. Our author uses that word better. 12 times in his letter because his passion is for his readers to see how marvelous Jesus is. You know, Jesus is better than angels. Jesus is better than Moses. Jesus is better than the high priest. He offers a better sacrifice, a better covenant, a better ministry. And so when we read that the country the past believers long for is a better one, we know it can't be something lesser than this world. Rather, the Bible speaks of a new world where heaven and earth overlap. In fact, we see at the end of verse 16, it's called a city. And check out verse 10, thinking again about what Abraham hoped for. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. Our future place is a heavenly one because it's made by God. And that means, now that means it's an enduring place that will never be destroyed or ruined. And it's like a city that has all the best our human cities to ha cities have to offer. There'll be culture and society and creativity. There'll be community and food. 
maybe even coffee. There'll probably even be sport and physical activity, which I guess I expect I'll come to enjoy in the future. This is why we can press on in faith and hope as we daily make our pilgrimage. Yes, life is tough. Yes, it hurts when we feel we don't belong here. Yes, it's costly letting go of things that hinder our journey. But think of what we have to gain. Yet the best day with the most amazing experiences and the sweetest moments of friendship will be nothing compared to what awaits us in our heavenly home. You know, this life is the worst we will ever have from now into eternity. And how can we be so confident? Because Jesus has secured this better place for us through his better ministry. He lived the perfect life that secured this future and he laid down his life for us so as to become the way to the Father. We can journey faithfully through this life, clinging loosely to its pleasures and treasures because we have something better to come. But you know, if you don't have faith in Jesus, if you haven't committed to being a pilgrim, then you don't realise this, but you have a crushing weight upon your shoulders. You see, this life is your only shot at happiness. Everything is riding on you getting your best life now. It's the only opportunity you'll have to know joy and peace and love. And if you mess it up, then that's it. So I urge you, trust in Jesus. Know the joy of the Christian pilgrimage. Know that there is something much better in the future. Well, let's now look at how our future heavenly place is also a homeland. I want you to look really closely at verses 13 to 16 of Hebrews 11. Uh, the author declares that the believers of the past said they were pilgrims, and they did so because they were looking for a country of their own. That phrase, country of their own, can also mean homeland. And then in verse 15, we read that they didn't mean the country they'd come from. You know, if Abraham longed for an earthly homeland, then he could have gone back to Ur of the Chaldeans, where he came from. But, verse 16, he was looking for a better homeland, a heavenly homeland. He and his family were looking to the future, to a heavenly place that would be their new homeland, a new country of origin, a new land that would define their identity. Now, this might sound a bit odd about how you can have a kind of a new point of origin. So let me talk about my experience of growing up in the country. I couldn't change the fact that I was a city kid. I wasn't born in the bush, and there was nothing I could do about that. And that shaped my identity and impacted on my experience at school. Now, I didn't regret my background, but there were times when it made life harder. Many of you may feel the same. You feel you're trapped by your family heritage, even the personality traits you've inherited from your parents. Our place of origin, our family of origin, defines us. But what the author of Hebrews is saying here is that we can have a new homeland, a new country of our own that's not only a destination to long for, but a new point of origin, a place that shapes who we are today. You know, I come from the city, but I belong to the city to come. And it's a far better city. Our deepest problem is that on our own, we're not fit for this future heavenly homeland. 
Yeah, God has always called us, all of humanity, to a better life and a better world. But we settle for less. We seek after immediate pleasures. We ignore the path of loving sacrifice and holiness. We, seek other, uh, we see other people as either vehicles or obstacles to getting what we want. We try to make a name for ourselves and ignore God. That's why Jesus left his heavenly homeland and came to earth. To liberate us from the sinful attitudes and mindset that draws our gaze away from God. That causes us to look only to this life and to be content with what is broken and fading away. Jesus revealed the truth to us. And then in the greatest act of love, he gave his life on the cross to liberate us from our fallen and sinful attitudes and actions. When we put our faith in Jesus, we can receive a new identity and know that the way to the future heavenly homeland has been secured on our behalf. Now, perhaps you love your current identity and think there's nothing wrong with it. Well, maybe you could talk to your friends and family about that and they might better help you. But in any case, you know, whatever is great about who you are will be made even better by belonging to this new homeland. And perhaps you hate your identity or feel trapped by your past and your family background. Well, joy of joys, in Jesus Christ, you have a new identity because you belong to a new homeland. Well, I hope that you've been able to see from Hebrews 11 that Christians are pilgrims on a journey together to our future heavenly homeland. And I want to share with you three encouragements about living as pilgrims. We journey together. We hold loosely to this world. We press on in faith, looking to Jesus. Let's look at that first one. We journey together because the road is long and hard. The author of Hebrews warns us of the many dangers that believers face, which is why in chapter 10 he tells us to spur one another on toward love and good deeds and to not, giving, uh, to not give up meeting together. This is a central idea in the book called The Pilgrim's Progress. Uh, I'm sure you will have heard of this book. It was written by John Bunyan in the 1600s, and it's an allegory of the Christian life. The main character is called Christian. And we read about his journey to the celestial city. He faces many hardships on the way, but perseveres by faith. I've got a, a copy here. This is the, the Crossway edition, uh, my favourite edition. And I'm going to read out one of, from one of my favourite sections. and describes how Christian spots another pilgrim named Faithful, who used to live in the same city as him. Then I saw in my dream that they went on together with brotherly affection for each other and had many pleasant conversations about all the things that had happened to them on their pilgrimage. My honoured friend, Christian said to his beloved brother Faithful, I am glad that I've overtaken you and that God has done a work in both our spirits so that we can walk as companions on this pleasant path. You know, this part of the book is such a beautiful picture of Christian companionship. They go on to discuss the dangers they've each faced and the battles they've endured. They are open and honest about their sin and temptations, their failures. They encourage one another and they quote scripture. And they've had different experiences, yet they don't become competitive or jealous towards one another. 
Uh, listen to this bit. Let me just find it. So Christian and Faithful went on their way, talking about all that they'd seen so far, which made the journey through the wilderness much more pleasant than it would have been had they walked it alone. It's what we all need. Faithful friends on this perilous pilgrimage. We must journey together. If you've been around DPC for a while, then you know that we use a hiking metaphor when speaking about church membership. Well, today, I want to encourage you to consider becoming a member of DPC as a way of committing to journeying with us as pilgrims, even if it's just for a season. It's about looking out for each other along the Camino, along the way. And so if you're interested in this, then get in touch with Alicia or me or Aaron or someone else. And regardless of whether you are a member or not, I want you to consider who you can journey with at this time. Do you need to invite some believers into your life and stop doing a solo trek? Are there some fellow travellers who could benefit from your encouragement? The next aspect of living as pilgrims that I want to encourage you about is that we hold loosely to this world. Yes, we have a physical existence here. We, we have real and significant relationships with other people. We have jobs and hobbies and houses and studies. But this world is ultimately not our home. We are passing through like pilgrims. Listen to what Hebrews 10 verse 34 says to the original readers. You suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. There's that word better again. No matter how wonderful our possessions are in this life, they are inferior and will not last. This is the same for our careers and our hobbies, all the things that we do. You know, we can so prioritise the things of this world that we lose sight of our heavenly homeland. We don't want to be pilgrims who stop off at a nice village on the Camino and never make it to the end. That's what happens to many who claim to be Christians. They love money or comfort or worldly praise more than they love Jesus. And so they miss out on the goal. Let's hold loosely to this world. Sure, be busy doing your life, but be willing to let things go too. Or don't be upset when they're taken away from you. This is especially important during these COVID times when life is so uncertain and we feel this sense of loss, loss of income, loss of community, loss of health even loss of life. These things are, are real and painful. Remember, you have something far better to look forward to. And so don't pin your hopes on this life. Finally, we press on in faith, looking to Jesus. Let me make it clear again that our pilgrimage is not physical. You know, it ends when we die or Jesus returns to earth. But in the meantime, we journey by walking more and more in light of our destination. We let that heavenly homeland shape our identity today. And we do this by looking to Jesus. Let me read from Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, 
scorning of shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The wonderful news is we don't have to earn our way into heaven because Jesus has already pioneered the path. Now, he has paved the Camino for us, and we just walk it for as long as we are here on this world. And we do this. We, the, the way we walk is by becoming more like Jesus, growing in love and humility and patience. Now, life is tough, so we have to persevere. But we can do it with a sure hope because Jesus not only gives us our faith, but he brings it to perfect completion. We are pilgrims on a journey together to our future heavenly home. Do you believe this? If so, you will press on in faith, following Jesus, finding companions to travel with. And you will press on in hope in the midst of hardships, trusting that there is a better country waiting for you. Let's pray. Oh, wonderful Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have called us to be pilgrims. Having a place to belong with you means that we don't ultimately belong to this world. We belong to the next world, the better world that will come. And so please help us to push on, to press on in faith and hope as we journey each day, as we become more like Jesus and as we look towards our future heavenly home. We pray that you would help us to do this together and that DPC would be a, a wonderful travelling group of pilgrims on this journey. Amen.